the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. You know, dignified royal state dinner that's taking place. This is a big drinking party with all kinds of immorality taking place. The Bible has a lot of warnings about alcohol. And not just drunkenness, but alcohol in general. In Proverbs chapter 20, verse 1, it says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler. And whosoever is led astray by it is not wise. Be careful when it comes to alcohol consumption. As you listen to today's message from Pastor Dan, he teaches you about what the Bible says about alcohol. There are many warnings in the scriptures about drinking. Alcohol is considered to be a strong drink that can lead to brawling and mockery. Someone who lets themselves be controlled by it is considered to be not wise. Pastor Dan encourages you to be wise and thoughtful when it comes to drinking. Be sure to stay sober-minded and with clarity of thought. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Daniel chapter 5 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Daniel chapter 5. I'm also going to reference uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. So if you want to go ahead and locate that in your Bible so you can turn there quickly when the time comes. 1 Thessalonians 5, Daniel chapter 5. Well, here in Daniel chapter 5, we have the defeat of the Babylonian Empire at the hands of the Medo Persian Empire. Uh, If you remember back to chapter 2, when King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, he had that dream of a statue, and remember the statue had the head of gold, and then its chest and arms were made of silver, Uh, and Daniel explained the interpretation that the head of gold represented the Babylonian empire, and the chest and arms of silver represented the Medo-Persian empire. Well, now we come to the transition from the Babylonian Empire to the Medo-Persian Empire. And remember, the theme of the book of Daniel is the sovereignty of God. God is sovereign. God is in control. Even though the Jewish people were conquered and living in exile in Babylon, God was still sovereign in the affairs of man, and God was still working out his plan and his purposes on behalf of his people. Seems true for us. God is sovereign. God's still in control. God is still working out his purpose and his plan in each of our lives. Psalm 75 says, For exaltation comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, but God is the judge. He puts down one and he exalts another. In chapter 5, God puts down the Babylonian empire and he raises up the Medo-Persian empire in its place. 
Before we get into chapter 5, it's helpful to understand a timeline and some context here. Uh, About 25 years have passed since the end of chapter 4. Between chapter 4 and chapter 5 in Daniel, 25 years go by. Nebuchadnezzar is now dead after reigning as king over Babylon for 44 years. Daniel, the prophet, is now in his 80s. He's no longer serving as an advisor to the king, nor is he in charge of the wise men of Babylon. Uh, Daniel is enjoying retirement at this point, you know, playing golf and fishing or whatever he did in retirement in Babylon. Now, after Nebuchadnezzar died, uh, there was a rapid succession of kings that followed him. Most of the kings that followed Nebuchadnezzar experienced an untimely death. For example, one of the kings that followed Nebuchadnezzar was assassinated by his brother. Another died in battle. Uh, One served for like a month. Chapter 5 deals with a king named Belshazzar. Belshazzar was the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar. And he was the fifth king to rule after Nebuchadnezzar. So he were, you know, just we're five kings down the line from Nebuchadnezzar here with Belshazzar. Uh, Belshazzar was actually co-regent or co-ruler with his father named uh, Nabonidus. Nabonidus isn't going to be on the test, so you don't have to worry about that. But the reason that Belshazzar and Nabonidus co-ruled over the, the Babylonian Empire is because Belshazzar's father, Nabonidus, led the Babylonian army, and and he was off fighting wars in Arabia for more than 10 years. So so Nabonidus is is really the king, but he's absent from the kingdom for 10 years. Belshazzar, his son, remained in Babylon, and he ran the empire. So Nabonidus was the king, but he's an absentee king. He wasn't there, so his son Belshazzar was the one running the kingdom in his place, in his absence. I I point that out because some scholars consider Nabonidus to be the last king of Babylon and not Belshazzar. And so sometimes you'll see that in some books. So verse 1 now says, Belshazzar the king made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in the presence of the thousand. So Belshazzar, he, he's, he's in the city of Babylon, and the city of Babylon was located in modern-day Iraq. He has this party, this feast, that he throws in his palace. Now, archaeologists have unearthed the remains of the king's palace there in Iraq, and, and they've partially reconstructed some of the, the footprint of the king's palace. And I have a picture for you, so you can get a picture in your mind, I guess. This is just the king's palace. This isn't the whole city of Babylon. This is just where the king lived. Right? Remember, we talked about uh, the city of Babylon. The walls around the city extended more than 15 miles around the city. So this is, this is where uh, the king lived. And it's just, you can just see kind of like the foundation stones of all the, all the buildings of the palace. I, I, some of you uh, that were maybe stationed in Iraq may have visited this palace. Uh, you see the big courtyard in the middle of the palace there, 
That's where uh, archaeologists believe that this feast in Daniel chapter 5 took place in that, that room that's in the middle of the palace. Uh, that was likely the hall where this great feast was held. That, that hall that's there, it's roughly 52 feet wide and 170 feet long. It's almost 9,000 square feet. So it's a huge space for a huge party. We were told a thousand people were invited to this party. Now, look at verse 1 again. It says, and this, this is important, it says the king drank wine in the presence of the thousand. Now, we're, we're told this detail for a reason. And the reason is because in, in the ancient Near East, kings did not drink wine in public. They did not drink wine in the presence of their people in order to maintain an appearance of authority and self-control. Now, we even see this prohibition of kings for kings in, in the Bible. If you're taking notes, you can jot down Proverbs chapter 31, verses 4 and 5, where it says, It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. So even in the word of God, Proverbs 31 Kings were prohibited from drinking alcohol. It's not for kings to drink wine, and, and certainly not in the presence of their subjects. But Belshazzar's drinking in the presence of the people, in the presence of the thousand. Plus, in the ancient world, uh, men and women would not attend a feast together or in mixed company. Men and women gathered separately, separate feasts. Again, if you're taking notes, you can jot down, jot down Esther chapter 1, verse 9. In Esther chapter 1, the king throws a great feast for all the people. And we're told in Esther chapter 1, verse 9, it says, The queen, Queen Vashti, made a feast for the women. So the king has a feast for the men, and the queen has a feast for the women. They have separate feasts. Men and women didn't mingle at parties. But Belshazzar's feast, we're, here we're told uh, in verse 2 uh, that the wives are there, the concubines are there present at this party. So, so the fact that the king was drinking in front of the people and that there are women in attendance at this party, that tells us right there that this was not some kind of you know, dignified royal state dinner that's taking place. This is a big drinking party with all kinds of immorality taking place. The Bible has a lot of warnings about alcohol. Not, and not just drunkenness, but alcohol in general. In Proverbs chapter 20, verse 1, it says, Wine is a mocker, and strong drink is a brawler, and whosoever is led astray by it is not wise. Proverbs 23, verses 29 and 30, Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaints? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Those who linger long at the wine. And Hosea chapter 4 verse 11, it says, Harlotry and wine enslave the heart. Uh, and that, that's Belshazzar. Uh, he's, 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 uh, some, one commentary said that Belshazzar was addicted to wine, women, and song. And so... 
here, here, here is this party that Belshazzar has. And here, here's the thing. While Belshazzar was getting drunk and partying in the palace, the Medo-Persian army was conquering his kingdom. And the Medo-Persian army was gathered outside the city. Just outside the city. While this party is taking place, the Medo-Persian army is gathered right out the city. Judgment was at the door for Belshazzar, but he wasn't concerned. He wasn't concerned about judgment. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m. I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. You remember the city of Babylon was the largest city in the ancient world, and its walls were over 300 feet tall and 80 feet wide. It's recorded that you could race four chariots side by side on top of the walls of the city of Babylon. And the Babylonians were convinced that their walls were indestructible and impenetrable. And they were foolishly confident. They trusted in their walls that they built for themselves. Their fortification that they had built was their their security. How many people have misplaced confidence? How many people... uh, put all of their trust and security in things that they've made for themselves. And they're convinced it'll never fall. It'll never fail. Well, Belshazzar, he didn't realize it, but this was the last night of his life. And this was the final day of the Babylonian Empire. Belshazzar was celebrating his own funeral. And I I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to spend my last night alive getting drunk before I stand before the Lord. And there are so many people just like Belshazzar who just just prideful, arrogant, self-confident, no concern or thought about God's judgment, no concern or thought about eternity. You know, Jesus said people would be like this when he returns to judge the earth in the last days. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day that Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. And this is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. The army's at the door. Judgment's at the door. Flood's about to come. And Belshazzar's getting drunk. No thought, no concern. Verse 2 says, And while he tasted the wine, Belshazzar gave the command to bring the gold and silver vessels, which his father, and there the word father, it's referring to his grandfather in this case, Nebuchadnezzar, had taken from the temple, which had been in Jerusalem, that the king 
and his lords, his wives, and his concubines might drink from them. Then they brought the gold vessels that had been taken from the temple of the house of God, which had been in Jerusalem, and the king and his lords, his wives, and his concubines drank from them. They drank wine, and they praised the gods of gold and silver, bronze and iron, wood and stone. So at some point during this party, now the parties would often last several days, even a week. At some point during this party, Belshazzar in his drunkenness ordered that the vessels that his grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem be brought out and brought to the party so they could drink wine from them. And so that they could praise their gods of gold and silver, bronze and iron, wood and stone. And so Belshazzar here, in his arrogance, he begins to blaspheme and mock the true and living God. And maybe he did this to boost morale, you know, with the Medo-Persian army right outside the city wall. Maybe he brought out the vessels from the temple to, to say to his people, hey, our gods gave us victory over the Jews. He'll give us victory over the Medo-Persians. We've got nothing to worry about. Drink up. Party on. And so we're told in verse 5 now, so they're drinking out of the vessels from the temple. It says, in the same hour, the fingers of a man's hand appeared and wrote opposite the lampstand on the plaster. I love the detail, detail here. On the plaster of the wall of the king's palace, and the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Now, this is where the phrase, the handwriting on the wall, comes from. It comes from Daniel chapter 5. Now, there's actually many phrases that have become part of our everyday language that come from, or taken from, the Bible. Uh, in particular, the King James Bible. Phrases like, a cross to bear, a house divided, against itself, a labor of love. The sign of the times. A two-edged sword. You reap what you sow. Go the extra mile. These were all introduced into the English language by the Bible. Again, the King James Bible in particular. So, as the people were, were drinking out of the vessels from the temple, a hand suddenly appeared and wrote on the wall, of the banquet hall. And notice it says the hand wrote opposite or next to the lampstand. And so it was well lit for, for all to see. You know, maybe they've got the lights down low kind of thing, but there's a few lampstands around. And this hand appears next to one of the lampstands and this finger begins to write. And, and I like that it says the hand wrote on the plaster of the wall. I, I imagine as the finger wrote... On the plaster, it made some kind of scraping noise. You know, like, like fingernails on a chalkboard kind of thing. And you can, you can picture this in your mind, right? Huge party, banquet halls packed with drunk people, lights are down low, music is loud, bass is thumping, smoke machine, strobe lights... And then like the hand from the Adams family suddenly, remember that? Peers at the wall and this finger. And then all of a sudden you hear, you know, this scraping sound. The music stops. Everybody stops dancing. They're real still as this, as this finger scratches this message into the wall. I'm sure that sobered everybody up real quick. Seeing that. 
Now, this is not the only time in the Bible that we see God writing with his finger. Uh, God uh, wrote the law on the stone tablets that he gave to Moses. Exodus 31, verse 18, when the Lord finished speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him the two tablets of the covenant of the law, the tablets of stone inscribed, it says, by the finger of God. Jesus, of course, John chapter 8, the woman caught in the act of adultery, Jesus bends down and he begins to write something in the dirt. We're not told what, but with his finger, he begins to write in the dirt. And the accusers that are gathered around, they actually see the finger of God right in the dirt. And we're told that the accusers, one by one, from the oldest to the youngest, they all turn and leave. There's another occasion in the Gospels when Jesus is casting out demons and the religious leaders, he casts out a mute demon and the religious and the people say, hey, isn't this the son of David to the to the religious leaders and the religious leaders say, no, he's doing this by the power of Satan. And, and so Jesus gets in this exchange with the religious leaders and he says, if it's not, you know, he explains it and defends it. But then he says, if it's not by the power of Satan, then it's by the finger of God that these demons are, are cast out. In this case, the finger of God wrote out the judgment against Belshazzar and the Babylonian Empire. Even today, when we use this phrase, the writing on the wall, or the writings on the wall, it's, it's usually used as like a, a negative thing, right? It's bad news is coming. So he sees this writing on the wall. In verse 6, we have the reaction of the king. Look at verse 6. Then the king's countenance changed. <laughs> and his thoughts troubled him. So that the joints of his hips were loosened. <laughs> and his knees knocked against each other. So his countenance changed. The color left his face. His cheeks are probably pink from drinking. Red. And all of the color drains out of his face. And he becomes white as a sheet. And his thoughts troubled him. I'm sure they did. And his, the joints of his hips were, were loosed. That's a, that's a pretty graphic description of his body's response to this. He, he, he loses control of his bodily functions there. And his knees began to knock. Then the king cried out, verse 7, to bring in the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers. The king spoke, saying to the wise men, of Babylon, whoever reads this writing and tells me its interpretation shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around his neck, and he shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. And so what does the king do? He, he calls the brain trust of the nation to see if they can explain the meaning of the message. It's not so much, you know, the, the words are written in Aramaic. They can read the words, but they don't understand the message. They, 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 and so he calls, you know, the, the smartest people in the nation, the experts, to see if they can explain the meaning of this message. And notice at the end of verse 7, just for you note takers, uh, Belshazzar says, whoever can explain the meaning will be made the third ruler in the kingdom. Remember I said his father is also the king. Belshazzar is a king. And so the person who interprets the message will be number three, the number three man in the empire. So, verse 8, now all the king's wise men came. You know, all the king's horses and all the king's men. They came, but they could not read the writing or make known to the king its interpretation. He asked me how I know, and 
We're so glad you tuned in to hear today's edition of Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan is continuing to teach through the book of Daniel, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. If you'd like to hear this message again or to listen to additional teachings from Pastor Dan, you're welcome to visit our website at calvaryec.com. Once there, you can listen to or download a wide range of previous broadcasts. Otherwise, simply subscribe to our podcast. Our podcast provides you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you. This can be advantageous for those who are on the go much of the time. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life, so please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. We'd also really like to know how we could be praying for you. So when you call, don't be afraid to share your prayer requests with us. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you. It can be so helpful to others to know about and to be in prayer for the things on your heart. Well, that's all we have time for today. Join us next time as Pastor Dan continues teaching in this series through the book of Daniel. We look forward to the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.